episode 336 of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. We have a real treat for you today. Our first ever episode with comedians on the show. Mallory and Cassidy are stars of the web series Adulting. It's a hilarious take on how these characters try to be adults and they kind of fail. And it's hilarious. Cassidy's the creator of Adulting, and she um, reached out a couple years ago. And I watched the first season at that time, and it's hilarious. And I just remember, oh my gosh, we have to talk to these two. But we just never made the interview work. Our schedules were off, and it just never lined up. So they reached out again to talk about their new season, season two. And we lined up, and we got to record. And it was just a blast. So it just felt so familiar. They felt like old friends. I love these types of interviews where it's just such natural conversation. It's our favorite types of episodes and interviews to record. So just a heads up, there is a little bit of a cursing in this episode. It's probably mostly me. I got a little carried away talking to these two, but I can't wait for you to check out their web series. They're so talented, so funny. Enjoy this episode with Mallory Fusilla and Cassidy Davis. I want to get started and I kind of want to know what formed your comedy because I was thinking about this earlier. I'm like, do funny people just happen? Like, I don't think you can like teach someone to be funny. So briefly kind of give us a background of who influenced you growing up when you were little. Were you like, oh my gosh, I'm one of those kids that watch SNL constantly. Tell us about your background and what really kind of got you into being a funny person. That's a really good question. So I have to like, thank you for that because yeah. we've been asked, like, I, I don't know. I really appreciate that question. That's a good one. It's a really good one. I think it's mostly just perspective. So I think people are like born with a certain perspective and that is like a major influence for comedy for comics. Um, but yeah, I was definitely like always like a theater, funny body supporting role character and then um, got into stand up a little bit later. And then, yeah, now like jumping into scripted te like television, hopefully is so we're starting with the web series. Is that is that like a is that, sorry, is that like a plane flying over? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that yes. was. Yeah. Okay, you're totally fine. But I was just like, as long as it doesn't go on the entire episode, we're fine. But I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, are you in Los Angeles right now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I actually feel like that goes perfectly with this episode because I swear any okay. podcast I listen to that's in LA, they're like, oh, hold on, a plane's flying by. <laughs> okay, well, I'll be aware of that and I'll say hold. No, okay, you're totally fine. Twins. You're totally fine. So, I mean, but that was Mallory, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so who, but like who specifically, what shows, I kind of want to know like nitty gritty what you were super into when you were younger. Yeah, sure. Um, well, in college, a friend of mine introduced me to Lily Tomlin. I don't know if you know her. She had a one-woman show called... Um, okay, I'm 42. Are you kidding me? Oh, I okay. love... <laughs> okay. And actually, like, weirdly, we've had uh, been talking about Lily Tomlin a lot lately because I recently found out that she was the original voice of Miss Frizzle. Yes, yep. Yes, and, like, the Magic School Bus has made a big renaissance in my life lately because I have a four-year-old. So, uh, yeah. And that's Claire? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So I remember like reading her one woman show and watching it and was like, it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, God, if I could do something like that or so, just, it was super smart. She just played six different characters. It's search for signs of life in the intelligent universe. Um, so that was an early influence. But then of course, like currently it's Kristen Wiig and Kate Berlant. Um, I was just talking to someone about Kate Berlant. She's like a stand-up. I don't know if you're familiar with her stand-up slash sketch artist. I'm not. Um, she's just just a little bit off. 
(laughs) in like the best way possible. Yes. Yeah. And I just don't know where she gets what she comes up with. So just following people like where I'm like, I don't even know conceptually how you got this. Yeah. Was this like, sorry, I'm kind of like, I keep pushing this, but I'm so curious again about people just being funny. Like would your family members describe you as like, oh, you were always just a funny kid. Yeah. Yeah. But not like class clown, like always goofing off. Yeah. (laughs) But I think so. I was always doing impressions and stuff. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things too, where you just, you kind of know, looking back, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't think I've heard any comedian or actor or actress say that they were like voted the most popular person in school or that they were voted the funniest person in school. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's that, that doesn't, you know, determine your destiny. I think it's just something that to your, just more of kind of a very creative artsy type that doesn't always, you don't always have to be the one seeking the attention. Right. I would agree with that. Okay. How about Mallory? Um, that was Mallory. Sorry, Um, Cassidy. Okay. Um, so yeah, I grew up more in like the sports world. So I was like, my dad was raising me to be basically a professional tennis player most of my life. Um, but I would say he and my brother had a huge influence on me and my comedy because my dad's just like a really goofy guy. And so he would often like, um, tell like really goofy stories or like anytime like a fart happened anywhere, (laughs) like he would just like lose his mind. He just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And they still are. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They still are. Um, and so having a brother and a dad like that, I think that just like really formed what I enjoy, like the comedy that I find myself laughing at. Um, but early on, I really liked Dane Cook, which is not a popular opinion, but <laughs> I just really liked his style of like telling these really long stories and um, like taking us on this like journey with him. And so my brother and I would watch him like in the basement in middle school because my mom didn't like him. So we had to like hide and watch him. Um, and so that's probably like, the first stand up person I really enjoyed. But um, I was never actually that funny, I don't think, growing up because I think um, comedy and security of self like go so hand in hand and I realized like for a lot of my life I was kind of insecure Mm. and I think it's hard to be um funny if you're super insecure I I don't know I'm still Mm. formulating this theory but I totally agree with you when I watch comedians I have this spidey sense where I'm like oh I'm not gonna name names but I just watched a stand-up special on Netflix and I it was a woman and I was like I just don't feel like she's there yet like she and I'm not like this pro at comedy but I've watched a lot in my 42 years And I'm like, I just, I, girl, you got to get through some stuff before I really feel like you're going to nail this. And I'm like, I, I want you to succeed, but I agree with you. I feel like it makes us uncomfortable when we watch that. I'm like, something about it isn't connecting. Yeah. I feel like with comedy too, like the per, like the co- the person delivering it has to own it so much so that you can sort of like be brought along with them. And if there's this tiny little sliver of like, I don't know, are they going to think this is funny? Then people are going to sense that and be like, oh. Yeah, there's like no room for that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I know it. I think like in college, I auditioned to be on the improv team at college and I didn't make it even past the first round, like because they were asking me to do like, they're like, be a snake across the stage. And I was like, oh God, (laughs) what? I felt hard. And so um, then, but then when I graduated and I like kind of came into my own, now I like do improv with UCB. Like now it's like my favorite thing to do, but it's like, I feel like I just don't have that story that is like, oh, I've always been this. It's like, no, I feel like I haven't been this. And then like to my own, I was very like now I can be a snake across the stage, no problem. But like (laughs) sophomore year, I was not there yet, you know? (laughs) You're like, what happened to your, what happened to your competitive tennis career? Yeah. 
Um, thank you for, my dad would love you for asking that question. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, when I was like 16, uh, decided to be a dancer instead and kind of broke my dad's heart, but we moved past it. And um, yeah, I, I decided I didn't really like it. I really liked it because it made my dad so happy and I didn't actually like it for myself. Mm. I had to come to this hard conclusion <laughs> at 16 years old, but yeah. Fair enough. And you were a dancer for quite some time. Yeah, I was a dancer for quite some time. Yeah, but I still, um, I once in a while I'll go out for a tennis commercial and my dad's really proud of that. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you see? yeah. You know, I have all the gear still. So he's like, yes, this is, you know, forces are coming together. I'm like, yeah, sure, dad. Sure. <laughs> That'd be so cool if you booked a national like water commercial and yeah. like you're like, it's for water, but you're just playing tennis. <laughs> My dad would like literally screen it. Not yeah. <laughs> That's a really interesting thought what you said about this, like, because I think a lot of it's different too. like comedy so broad right. and it's now becoming almost a more popular sensation. It could stand up. Isn't that old of an art form, but I feel like stand ups are constantly battling security. Mm. They're just good at maybe hiding it. Yeah, that's true too. You know, yeah. I don't know. That's well, what I, yeah, and you guys see it obviously from the inside. We're the consumers of comedy, so we see it completely differently. It's, I'm sure it's completely different when you're creating it. But when I see it so, uh, I mean, it's just out there. And it seems like so many comedians now have a Netflix special that now we have more to compare it with. Um, sure. Where in the past, it's like, oh, you see the top cream of the crop comedians, and that's really all you associate with comedy. And so I think now it's probably just, it's such a good thing that we have so many different options of comedy. But at the same time, I just, I wonder too, if that's, it kind of muddies the waters, if there's something like too much, like there's too many people out there that have yeah. like those specials and that, I don't know. I think more about like what could, and I think it's because of adulting, like what could sell Mm -hmm. um, versus like what art, like standups are making or what other comedians are making. Like there's two different worlds. You could be like an artistic standup, like Zach Galifianakis is a good example. He's a household name now, but like only like standup, his shit's super weird <laughs> and hilarious. But then there's like, a sh like, you know, friends and like all these major sitcoms that right. all of, that are indisputably funny to everybody. So I think like I'm constantly towing the line of like, yeah, what are people, what's specific and funny to me and about me, but what are people going to enjoy consuming as well? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then let's parlay that conversation because I think you kind of teed it up quite nicely is right. uh, how you, how you two met and how you created adulting. Uh, we have a classic story. Um, so Mallory and I, um, we actually lived in the same like town growing up and went to the same college, but never actually like became friends <laughs> until. Was this um, on the, e you both were in, on the East coast? Yeah. 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 Right outside of Philly. Um, and so we knew who each other were, especially in college. Um, but we never like ran in the same circles or anything like that. And then when we moved out here pretty much around the same time, um, when you get to a big city, I feel like you just kind of cling on to anyone you even remotely know. Oh my God. <laughs> so, Especially Los Angeles. You're like, oh my God, yeah. you lived a hundred miles from me. We're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. It's like, wait, I recognize you. Let's get drinks. Yeah. So um, that's how we uh, became friends. We got drinks that one night and I just think we like last for like four hours and we yeah. were like, why didn't we do this sooner? I know. <laughs> I know. We really hit it off right away. And then I guess a couple, I think it was very, a couple weeks after Cassidy was like, I've had this idea for a while. Would you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's it. That was three and a half years ago. Now. Yeah. 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 And the idea was adulting. Yeah. And I went to her and I was like, I have this idea I'm thinking about. And it was like my first time creating anything or really 
um, trying to make my own work. And so I like very much always say like if Mallory had said no, I don't know where I would be because I was just so nervous. And it was my first time like pitching an idea, you know, and like saying it out loud is so scary. And then when someone is like, sure, you're like, shit, now we have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) But having Mallory on the opposite side is like the best gift ever because she, she was like, yes, 10 times in, let's do it. And I was like, I actually wasn't scared when he said yes. So I was like, okay, great. If she says yes, then it's going to be good. Then Yeah. Yeah. She's on board. Then we're, we're going to (laughs) see. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen all the, the two seasons, all the shows, all the episodes, um, tell the list. Yeah. And I love it. You guys are so funny. Um, (laughs) tell the listeners, we have a very dedicated audience and I think our audience is quite perfect for your show. So they're going to love it. Tell the listeners kind of a, uh, the elevator pitch, if you will, (laughs) of what your show's about (laughs) and, uh, what, you know, what's the vibe when they're, when they're going to go watch it. Sure. Um, so it's a comedic web series about two girls, Katie and Charlie. They're an unlikely duo um, and they, we follow them as they learn what adulting is so they just graduated college they move out to LA in the first season and we follow them as they go apartment hunting for the first time mattress shopping for the first time they learn the difference between a head and a clove of garlic and then in the second season they've established their lives in LA and we see them as they go on a lot of bad first dates um, they learn how to balance work life and fun without blacking out at brunch every Sunday um, and they attempt to find themselves through self-care and um, ultimately every episode ends with them failing beautifully at uh, the art of adulting <laughs> oh that's so great and I think it's so relatable I think one of the things <laughs> I have to say I know it's so annoying when people talk about episodes when they haven't seen it and they're like oh you know that one part but I laughed so hard in the episode where the girl is trying to open her window and you know uh-huh. she, she locked herself out <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at that I was like oh my god that's so funny and she's just like just gotta get the right grip <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's oh, that's so great! Yeah, and it was really fun. All of the people. So if you do watch the listeners, all the people in the opening sequences, um, they're all improv friends of ours. Oh, that's so, so we, cool. We didn't really write. We kind of wrote the premise of it and then let them decide that. So that's Miranda in that scene, and she's just she's effortlessly funny in everything she does. And <laughs> she's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Cameron Kelly. Wait, the door or the, yeah. or the car? Oh, She's I was thinking, thinking about of the car. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, also Cameron's effortless sleep on Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're all just so great. Oh my gosh. So, okay. When I watch something like that, of course, I'm like, how do you pull that off? Like how... <laughs> It's it's impressive. And I know you're like, yeah, it's not something you just like pick up one day. So on the outside, I'm like, how do you do the shots without people? I mean, do you steal shots? Like, do you have to rent spaces? Like the whole logistics thing is so impressive to me. Yeah, it, it's definitely been a, a steep learning curve for us in terms of learning how to produce a show like this. The shots without people, you mean like the establishing shots of like the apartment and that sort like of thing? Like all of it. Like when you're, I mean, even the, the parts where there's like people in the background, like do you have to go get releases from them or do you, like, you know, or like, do you try to shoot in spots, in spots where there's like no one around, like little things oh, like that. Yeah. I'm so curious about. So for season one, we're stealing a lot of those shots. We, um, it was very much like a small crew, a guy with a camera and we are just like filming without permission and a lot of those things. Um, <laughs> but we do, we did get permission from the mattress store in season one and we did film there. And then, um, we didn't have enough money to rent out the whole mattress store. So anytime someone would come in, we would just have to stop filming. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. I wondered about that. I was like, did you just like really go in and be like, Hey, can I give you a five ski? If you just, <laughs> I seriously feel like that what you guys are just talking about, like that 
con- like that premise in and of itself could be its own episode <laughs> that like having like oh, you're goodness. having to stop every time someone comes in like hey <laughs> okay never mind <laughs> with like lights and stuff and we're all just like staring at them basically being like please get out we don't have yeah. time for you to be shopping <laughs> I kind of feel like if you are just existing in LA I feel like they should have you know, a sign, like when you, when you go to like a festival and it's like by entering the premises, you're, you know, agreeing to have your likeness, whatever, taking pictures of, I feel like they should just have that set up anytime you yeah. enter. Like wherever you go Los in Angeles LA. County. As soon yeah. as you get cal- your LA, your license and if you have a yeah. mailing address of LA, yeah. Just send you the release now. Yeah. Or like in the airport, when you like walk out of the door where it's like, you are now leaving the secure area and you hereby agree that you, we can take your picture. Yeah. And post it wherever you want. No, I think yeah, I think when you get a driver's license in LA, don't they also like set up an IMDb account for you? Just <laughs> I wish that would be great. <laughs> so anyway, oh. sorry, but yeah, I just so- think that's really funny to uh, yeah. because you're like really having to hustle, and you don't. I mean, this is something that you're trying to do. You're trying to get off the ground, and it's tasting, taking probably like three times as long because you're like, well, we're just gonna have to wait till this person picks a fucking mattress. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was definitely a lot of season one. And then season two, we did like book locations and paid for them. And we got friends to be in the background and that sort of thing. So we did it more like by the books, I'd say for season two. Um, and so those people you're seeing in the background are our friends or they're actors we invited to our set for the day. Um, but I think our my my favorite story for season two about like finding random people is in episode three, um, we're really hungover in that episode. And then at the end, <laughs> it shows like the ending credits of like what actually happened the night before. <laughs> and Katie and Charlie met this guy Raffi out and we have this like whole video that we do with this random guy named Raffi and that night we actually did go out and we actually did drink and we just recorded what me and Mallory were doing um and then we had a wait you for guy. real did that yeah that's so <laughs> funny oh my god again when people watch this episode they'll think it's funnier you did it on stories but that was that like real life yes yeah <laughs> anything on the social media was real yeah yeah <laughs> so like you know what you guys should just get really drunk and we'll just record you so it was the team of mallory and i our assistant director sammy bagelman and our director jenna simmons and they just like watch us get really drunk and then put it all on instagram but oh um god <laughs> please tell me Please tell me you wore that red dress with this. I did. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I did. Awesome. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> um, but we find this random guy and we like do this little video with him and we're like, do you want to be in our video? And he's like, sure. And as soon as we stop recording, our assistant director, Sammy, like whips out a release form and is like, sign this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like in a bar at like 11 p.m., yeah. <laughs> random guy just released his face to us. So that was definitely um, probably my my favorite. See, again, I feel like that would like be so weird anywhere except for LA. Like if that happened to me in LA, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. very true. Yeah, he didn't even really blink. No, not at all. <laughs> he was like, I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, I got discovered in a bar. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Did the mustard actually happen too? Yeah. That was like, that happened that night? Did you then write in that part? No, that was already written in. Okay. (laughs) That night was already in the script, but I knew I had to do that and I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I don't really remember that part of the night. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like look back at those videos. I'm like, they are so gross. (laughs) just uh yeah. well the best part okay I, last i swear the last reference because um i don't want to be that person but um the um 
when you have your dress just like like just pulled down around your waist just like I, I feel like every girl can relate to like waking up and just being like how's my dress half on like yeah. it just, it just exactly. fell off yeah and it's like again it's sort of symbolic of like half getting ready for bed like oh like we never quite succeed at being an adult right so yeah, like no that's definitely just showing like okay no I put on a sports bra for bed but like didn't it take did, off the dress yeah. from the night before yeah and we had we did like a little social media contest and someone had asked like what is that red thing around Cassidy's <laughs> waist and you're yeah. like the dress <laughs> I know I'm really glad it landed for you because I'm yeah. worried it would be for me to be like so anyway Katie's like a trash bottle I was like, no. <laughs> I can't remember what I thought it was at first, I got to say. But then I was like, oh, my gosh, that's her dress, and then, which was even funnier because you're, like, trying to figure it out. No, but it's just so well written. Um, so are you guys – what's next for this? Like, what's the momentum you guys are using right now? And what do you – you haven't released all of season two, right? Or have you – I think I only saw three or four episodes up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you got it. Four okay. are out, and our finale is coming out in – uh, on October 16th, October 16th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think next, um, we did the festival circuit last year and there's like a bunch of different types of festivals you can submit to. So we went to, we're mostly a female driven crew. So applying to a lot of female film festivals, then a lot of, you know, web comedies. Um, anyway, now we learned the festival circuit a little bit. So our goal is to go back through that, through the ones that we enjoyed and learned about. And hopefully some of the right eyes get on it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, definitely what we're hoping. Yeah, what did what did you learn? I'm curious of what that means. Um, in the festival circuit, it's it's an interesting thing because it's uh, we went to a lot of like web series festivals. So it's a lot of people kind of just like us who have an idea and a camera and an apartment to shoot in and they're making <laughs> it happen. Um, so I think we learned, like for me personally, I learned how far um, people could take their money like um some of the web series we saw were just like phenomenal and like had all these incredible things in their show and they were all over the city and so like i would like run up to the producers after their screening and be like how did you do that where'd you find that how'd you do this so it's kind of a fun medium where it's like no one really knows what they're doing everyone's trying their best sort of like adulting um <laughs> And we're all sort of just like learning by just trying. So those festivals have been like instrumental for us and just like meeting other people who are in the same boat as us because we can get advice from like television producers, sure, but it's a different, we're on like a different path, right? Like right. we're like a few steps below them. So some of their advice might not help us. Whereas like some of the advice we get in these festivals is like actually directly related to like the next episode we're shooting or whatever. And right. Um, can be really helpful. Yeah, like, for example, we had kind of talked about sponsorships to get sponsored um, by something or someone for money. And so for season two, you'll notice there's um, a Neutrogena. We got, like, Neutrogena to sponsor us for a little bit. So mm -hmm. we put the product in. They gave us some money because we're doing some advertising for them. So things like that that you're like, oh, what a genius oh, idea. yeah. Yeah, that is a great uh, idea. For two girls, like, I mean, think about how much people, you know, like, consumer, like, to hair products, makeup products. Oh, endless. Products, yeah, endless you know? possibilities. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I can't remember. I that was at a festival, but yeah. like through just talking to people, you realize how creative you can get. So I think a lot of people who maybe are doing something similar to you or thinking of doing something similar of creating in that space, where do you start with funding? We did crowdfunding for both our seasons. So season one and season two, we did crowdfunding for. Um, season one, we did Indiegogo. And then season two, we did Seed and Spark, a uh, different website. Um, crowdfunding is definitely like, I'd say only do it if you have to do it because it is 
a full-time job. Um, it's very uncomfortable asking people for money. Uh, it's a lot of work doing the marketing of it and the thank you notes and giving everyone the perks that they earned. And it's a, it's a beast of a thing. So yeah. that's how we started. Um, and it has worked out great for us. We've had a lot of really generous people help us make the show. But um, I, my first question is like, do you have any other way of getting money? <laughs> yeah. not Last resort. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such um, it's such a beast. Yeah, it's like uh, one of my friends was like, I kind of have like a family member who's kind of well off. Maybe I'll do that. And I was like, do that. Yes, <laughs> do that. Yeah, do that. that'll be way yes, easier. Please just yeah. take take their money and call it a yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, right. Don't look any. Don't look the back way. Yeah. So, but we did crowdfunding. We did crowdfunding. Yeah. And then I think if you're in the beginning stages of creating, just always constantly thinking like, okay, well realistically what would this scene cost and can Mm -hmm. it be can we do it like we had an idea for um a painting falling down on a character um (laughs) not knocking them out or anything but they lay down and a painting falls yeah it's like okay that is going to require some stunt work some rigging Mm -hmm. so it ended up becoming the phone falls on her face so just like getting an idea and then being like is there a cheaper way to write it even and you still get the same effect so i want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on the culture of women in Hollywood these days and what's going on over the past two years with Harvey Weinstein and all of that. Is it palpable in Los Angeles? I mean, just what is your feeling about all of that going on right now for females in that space as females in that space? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's definitely a complicated one. Definitely like it's a lot that's going on right now. And I think that um, I'm excited to see like all these, I feel like new positions are opening for women as a result. Like I feel like women are getting more opportunities, which I'm really excited to see. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a tricky thing that's happening right now in our industry. Um, but I know like on our side of things, uh, we really worked hard this season to give as many women a position on our crew and cast as possible. So like our crew was like 95% women. And um, if we could put a woman in that position, we, we tried really hard to. So um, I know we were kind of ju- trying to do our part in sort of making sure that we weren't surrounded by straight white males. We're trying to also do our part in being like, okay, yes, my friend is a sound guy, but um, let's take meetings with like 10 sound girls and see if one of them is a good fit for us instead of just like hiring our friend. Um, So I know that like I've heard a lot of female filmmakers say that things like this, if we don't stop the wheel from happening, they'll just keep going. Um, And so I know that this season we really try to stop the wheel, not just do what was easy or convenient for us. We worked hard to, you know, meet a lot of new people. And a lot of, and as a result, a lot of our crew members this season were new people to us, but they were, you know, we had a female AC, a female AD. Uh, This was my first time getting mic'd by a woman, which was very cool because that can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, they're like looking at your bra. Oh yeah. Because don't you have to put the little lab mics like under your shirt? Yeah. 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 to your bra and yeah. the time like sound people are totally great I've never had a bad experience with a sound guy but it was just kind of a cool experience like being mic'd by a woman like I pull up my shirt she knows what a bra is she knows where to put it like yeah. <laughs> all this stuff and um so I know that we really worked hard this season to give a lot of opportunities to women and to make sure that when we're looking around set it's not just a sea of the same kind of people it's all different kinds of people that represent the world that we live in so i also think i heard at some point on one of your interviews i think it was cassidy that you did encounter and i'm so naive to this sometimes i'm like that doesn't really happen does it but like the culture of just the casting couch feel i think i remember you talking about some guy that was like emailing you after he cast you in something and you're like Ugh. Like yeah. I, you just gave me this part. Was it Cassidy? Yeah, yeah, it was me. Yeah, and that's just like it's so disheartening because you're like, God damn it! Like I'm trying so hard to actually work, and then shit like that happens. Do you mind just sharing that story really quick? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I got cast in an indie film, um, and the director was the writer and he was also the lead character. And, um, after he cast me, he like emailed me and kind of asked me out. And I thought he was just emailing me, emailing me to like get to know me a little bit. Um, because like, you know, my co-star and we'd probably, we'd have to be in love in the movie. So sometimes you'll go on like chemistry dates or whatever to just like build a rapport. It's very, that's normal, but yeah, he like asked me out and it was very clear that he wasn't trying to do it for the project. He was just trying, trying to kind of like, uh, get laid. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I ended up turning down the project. It was, it was very uncomfortable for me, but yeah, definitely a bummer. I mean, uh, that hasn't happened that often uh, to me. I'm not sure about yeah, you now. No. But, um, you, yeah, you audition and you really, like, put your heart into it instead of to find out that you only got cast because maybe he wanted something that um, you weren't willing to give is just, like, a very uncomfortable thing. But, yeah, I think it makes you stronger. I think it's good to have that awareness. And I think that, you know, just having your – watching your back a little bit in this industry, especially as you're just starting out, you're not sure, like, what's – good what's wrong is this normal is right. this not and so I think it was a great lesson for me to just like trust my gut like the minute I got that email I was like "Ooh, <laughs> this yeah. doesn't feel good anymore and I yeah. don't know if um like if he was my director and like to feel comfortable in that space it's just like a little bit especially in a romantic movie I was like "Ooh, this could I just don't feel good about this anymore so yeah. I was to turn down a role especially starting out like every role is like an exciting one but right um i think it was a good lesson for me to like trust my gut and to like watch my back well especially when you're in a culture <laughs> la is its own culture it's probably so confusing and who do you trust and you know you're going into these auditions and you want these jobs and i just can't imagine it's just so complicated when something like that comes up but um yeah yeah, good for you for standing your ground. Yeah, Thanks. totally. Yeah, I think it makes us all stronger and better. Like I know even on our set, when we invited people on the set, we made sure they, they were really comfortable. We tried really hard to keep it very professional. Like it was never, you know, I think we, not just because of that experience, but because like we know how it can be. We were like, that's not going to be us at all. Like um, in the first episode of season two, uh, we like go on a date with these guys and they come back to our place and like one of them is buttoning up his shirt in one of the scenes and we are like, very making sure he's very comfortable with that like definitely not you don't have to do this you know right. things like that so I know that we work hard to make our set very friendly very inviting very comfortable for everyone um and that there, if there's ever a problem they would feel comfortable to come up and talk to us mm-hmm. yeah um, and like that guy that email he's fortunately now people are very scared and um so I think it's a really good thing right now I think we need to eventually come back and find a middle ground but people are very scared and the LA is not as big as it looks so yeah. that's now you know we if our set's like a nice welcoming set that's our name attached to that so if your name is now even closely related to any sort of behavior like that people I mean it goes around quickly especially I'm thinking specifically the stand-up community we've got groups like hey watch out for this stand-up he said this to me tonight interesting yeah yeah like yeah watch your back um yeah and I've only really thought about this issue when doing stand-up and Mm -hmm. what I wear like, because unfortunately people have one thought and then they'll just stick to that thought as soon as they see you on stage. Mm-hmm. So if you're dressed, you know, I, I don't know, showing my legs, showing my tits, any joke about like, it just, it all of a sudden, all the credit from my brain is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, you know, constantly like, I don't want to dress, you know, but I'm like, dudes don't think about this, you yeah. know? And yes, so I know. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating, but I'm glad the tides are changing right now, but I think I agree with you what you just said about kind of finding a middle ground too, because there's probably just kind of like this knee jerk reaction to any 
hint of it. So that's not yeah. good either. I don't think that's healthy right. either. Um, right. So Mallory, are you currently doing standup? Uh, yeah, I am. I, it's kind of taken a backseat um, due to other projects and things, but um, I run a monthly show um, down at the beach and I, I still like it for like writing purposes. It helps me like formulate a story, a joke, all that, but I'm not necessarily actively pursuing it as like a career option. Yeah. Do you, um, do you want to plug it if any listeners are in that area to come see you or are you like, yeah, okay, absolutely. cool. Go ahead. So, Where is it? <laughs> in, uh, it's on the Redondo beach pier. So even if you don't live here, how nice does that sound? Heck yeah. <laughs> let's go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> she has made it. Um, it's at the third Sunday of every month and it's just a, it's a little bar show, but, um, I like it because it, that crowd isn't necessarily ready for comedy. And so it makes you work extra hard. <laughs> Which is important. Meaning like they're not quick to laugh. So you're like, I got to work real hard. Yeah. They're not quick to laugh. Sometimes they don't know there's a show. <laughs> they're a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is now. No. Still come. It's a great show. Um, <laughs> very fun show. It is. But I just because like, you know, if you're used to performing in clubs, people are paying tickets to go see at least maybe not you, but a comedy show. And if you're at a bar and you have to relate to the audience, you may have to either abandon your set, come up with something new, do some crowd work. So like I it, it's I've grown a lot from like hosting it. But um, and certain stand ups are definitely that have done my show very kindly are like beyond it. But I think if you're starting out or a couple years in, it's like a good show to do. Mallory, when you write your comedy, are you pulling from like, what's your inspiration when you do your comedy? That's a really good question. And I think also why it's kind of taken a backseat. It was a lot of like adulting. Well, it, it was like me failing um, a lot of self-deprecating, a lot of like, oh, crazy night. And then this, you know, and then yeah. lately I've been like, God, this is not the voice that I want to have. Um, so I've been trying to flip it somehow. I don't know. It's like a really, I don't want to come across as like a degenerate, but I, that's a lot of my jokes are like that. So yeah, it's, I've been like trying to find a voice that's not, that's not that, which I know is going to, that's why they say it takes 10 years to be a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I've been doing that for four yep. years and it worked. Yeah. What's the balance or can you find a balance? Have you found a balance between that being able to curate to an extent, but also not overthinking it. Yeah. Um, I think like lately I've been thinking about like more larger themes. I like have a joke about a Naval officer and my father and <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so dirty, but it's, I think it's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I'm trying to write jokes that, Oh, like basically that this Naval officer that I had sex with and my father could both laugh at. Right. So it's like, bridging a gap somehow totally um, like, yeah, that's yeah. A, that could be a big gap yeah for sure a huge gap yeah <laughs> yes agreed um and maybe I mean I don't know I think I got there yeah so yeah so I don't that's a I, that's and I think the only way to really know is by just doing it and then being like oh that didn't work okay steering clear of that or like oh there's something in that but that's and, what you know, I that's, love yeah sorry to interrupt you I'm like that's what I love about comedians too because I'm like you you're just you just gotta try like you have yeah. you're taking a risk with every joke you make because you could you could think it's so funny and then you get nothing or you could be like whoa they laughed at that and that's just yeah. you don't know right like you, you can't predict know. that and jokes work in different rooms like I've done the same joke and it's like bombs one place and then works another place so it's like it's I'm still like how is that a how is that a possibility right and then um 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, the signs of making someone laugh is like always fascinating to me. What makes someone laugh and what doesn't? It's like endlessly fascinating. It is. And I think a lot of it is self-deprecating because like yeah. that's what will that will people will laugh at that. Yeah. Like just You're by saying, Oh god, I'm so hungover. Like, yeah. oh god, I've been hungover. Hilarious. <laughs> it's know? relating and it's being real. It's kind of that formula just relating, being real. Yes, making fun of yourself, but that's also what makes us human. The things that make us the most human, I think, is is what I find the funniest. Like that, like that girl sliding the 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 glass window and just couldn't get a grip, and she looks like such a fool in front of this guy she's dating. And I'm just like, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, that's like what those little weird things that make us human. Like Claire, you know how we went to lunch this week? <laughs> I was laughing at myself because I'm like, oh my god, these are the moments where I'm like, I am such an idiot. Claire and I went to lunch with these guys this week, and. Um, their business lunch, not like random. Yeah, dudes. I was like, Joy, you need to get slightly more context than that. <laughs> we're both married, which is why we're laughing because like we went to lunch yes, with these guys. And <laughs> yeah, in broad daylight, this was not like a covert date. Like if you were trying to have a secret affair, you wouldn't go in like the middle of the day with some friends, <laughs> right? And talk about our podcast. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Maybe you would. I don't know. This would be a great cover. Anyway, yeah. go on. Surprise. <laughs> okay, so we went to lunch in this like fancy clubhouse, and we were, it was like a business lunch, right? We were like talking about some podcast sponsorships. And this lunch was super fancy. And I was just like going through the line. It's like this fancy buffet. I get to the soup and I just like thought it was sauce. And I just poured it all over my, <laughs> I like put it all over my chicken. And I was like, this is great sauce. And the guy next to me, the guy that we were with was like, do you want a bowl? And I was like, no, I, I just like, <laughs> so I totally lied. And I was like, no, I just really like soup on my chicken. Oh my God. <laughs> you doubled down. I love that. I doubled oh, down. I was like, no, I like soup on my chicken. <laughs> God, Joy, that you is don't so like soup funny. on your chicken? What a weirdo. <laughs> and these guys are like so put together. And so it wasn't something where I could like laugh about it with him. I was just like, no, I'm good with soup on my chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> like those are the moments where you're like, I just got to own that. Like, this is yeah. so freaking hilarious. Oh, my yeah. God. But, we'll give um, you a writing credit if we use yeah, that in season so three. Funny. You know it's what? So funny. You don't need to give me a writing credit. I just, if I am ever in your area, can I just be an extra in the background? Can I just, like, hold a mug or something, like, in a coffee yeah. shop? Just ladling <laughs> soup onto your plate endlessly. I want that to get cold open. I love all that. Cold <laughs> yeah. It so is funny. so funny, Joe. You should have seen me in Cassidy. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> love Stuff like that, we love. Well, stuff that's like just that. yeah. It's our whole show. It's yeah. the whole show. It's what makes us laugh just together. Yeah, you know? when yeah. Like in this shitty situation, it's you have totally. To it it's like yeah, what I love like, actors do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then in this situation, then be like, roll the camera. Let's see how this ends. <laughs> So good. It really is so good. Yeah, that's great. No, so I think um, the formula of laughter, I love that you guys are kind of like trying to figure that out. I I don't think there's one answer because there's so many different things that make people laugh. But um, is there anything that you kind of like with your training? And is it like an acting thing? Is it an improv thing? Is it just like being a human thing? Like, what is it that you found along your journey of like finding the science of humor? Yeah, I think it's probably like a mix of all of it. Like um, my brain goes to like in college, I studied sitcoms. Like I did a, my senior thesis was like on sitcoms and what makes people laugh essentially. And like how gender was portrayed in these sitcoms. Um, and so I was like studying comedy, like learning, like 
what makes people laugh, how this show got made and what people find funny about it. Um, and then like as an improviser, I feel like I'm caught this last year. I've had a coach who really has been like pushing me to find my comedic voice, my like personal one. Like she'll be like, what did you find funny about that? What's funny to you about this idea? Like get really specific and like really know what, like what is making you laugh about this thing, you know? And so that you can keep replicating it. Um, but I think, it's, yeah, it's probably a mixture of like all of our training and our experience as to uh, what makes people laugh and what we put in the show. Um, I know we also get a lot of feedback, like we do table reads and stuff. So we'll write the scripts and then we'll do table reads and put actors in those uh, roles and hear how it sounds. And we'll listen for the laughs. And um, our director, Jenna, will like put check marks next to the lines that get a, get a laugh. And so we know not to change those. And the ones that don't get a laugh, we circle and we go back and potentially rewrite them if we <laughs> want to make them funnier. But yeah, I think it's like a, a whole like mixture probably of our training, of our lives, of what we think is funny. Right. Um, and if all of us are laughing really hard, we like know we're on to something, especially if we're filming the crew is laughing, then I yeah. know we're on to something. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm at Groundlings now and all of that work is, uh, it's a comedy school and they, all of their work is like, definitely like looking, studying people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just constantly observing other people and I have like, I'm a little bit bothered by a lot. Um, (laughs) So I'm always like, well, why is that bothering me? And is it a reflection of me? Or is that a character quirk that is like, maybe funny or something like trying to find humor in in that? Like you're bothered by people. And instead of being bothered, you're like, wait a minute, I need to kind of dig deeper. Just be that person on stage or be that character. Yeah. 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 So Mallory, you're at Groundlings. Yeah. And then Cassidy, did you study at UCB or still at UCB? Yeah, I studied there. Um, and then now I've been on a house team there for the past like six months or so. Awesome. Yeah. Can I for come dual- watch you guys? Is that something that where you guys do shows that people can come watch? Yeah. 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 She does um, stand up shows and Groundlings mm-hmm. won't do a show until like next year. Okay. Where okay. I am in the process. But yeah. Yeah. And we uh, my team performs. We used to perform every other Sunday. Now we're like performing a little bit more like sporadically but yeah i always post about my shows on uh, my facebook so are you guys in denver yeah we're in denver Mm -hmm. okay so you're not that far well you you know you gotta know i am obsessed with los angeles if i any excuse my mom grew up there so my heart's in la and i just anytime i get to go back i'm like let's go to los angeles (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're gonna get off this call and joe's gonna be like okay so I booked us tickets to LA. I yep. bought us an Airbnb. Yep. I'm just always down to go to Los Angeles. So um, I always and like envision. Is, okay. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was like, I always envision when I'm flying in that my life is opening to the uh, beginning of the hills. That's like how I feel when I'm oh, landing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always think my, Miley Cyrus's song. Totally. Yeah. There you go. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Okay, so I love you guys here. I love listening to this process because I think when people like, even to Joya's opening question, like, have you always been funny? Like, I think people, when they think of comedy, they think that it's something that just happens naturally because like in our day-to-day lives, if something is funny, like it's just funny. And the thing that makes it funny is that it maybe was unexpected or, you know, it just kind of happened. But it sounds like making something funny is actually a ton of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. so. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, someone has a quote. We always do this. We, <laughs> yeah. we always drop quotes that aren't ours on podcasts. Yeah. Um, we don't credit who they are. We don't but know. she said, to make my work as a comedian has been the hardest living thing ever, something like that. Yeah. Like, and, it, and I don't know, maybe some 
some, maybe maybe it is easier for some people, but I they have to be thinking about it. Like I think about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's it's a science. You know, like what what's gonna get the laugh? Um, like you're both aware of like who's making the joke. Are you punching up or punching down? Like, yeah, you're kind of taking into consider- consideration all these things that uh, will ultimately seem like an effortlessly funny comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. To make it look effortless is not effortless. Do you have like a yeah. constant um? Uh, you know, notes app open where you're writing things down constantly, like it's just going through your brain. How do you how do you filter yeah. out the, the the thoughts that are like, well, that's just a thought versus oh, that could be something? Oh, I mean, I tend to not erase anything because if yeah. it if I liked it once, chances are I'll like it again. And it may not be right for this project or this joke, but I will find that sentence or whatever that idea and it'll come back later. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the good ones don't go away. Like, um, Mallory's had this idea for a sketch that I, like, think about once a week. So, like, I think the good ones. Yeah, yeah, like, they stick with you. And if it, if it's just a funny idea, I think um, it'll come and go. But if it's a if it's a good idea, I think it sticks and, like, digs its tongs in you. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. like, doing this with my hands that you can't see. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, grabs on. It won't yeah. let you forget it like a song. Yeah. That's what I think about it. Like, yeah. yeah. I have two more questions and then we can wrap up because I know you guys probably want to get on with your day. Uh, I, so, so fun. Your questions, I really, I'm yeah. like the best questions so far. Good. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I always feel like too sometimes, like especially in your field, oh my gosh, I bet you hear the same questions all the time. So I try to be like, okay, what's going to be the least annoying question? <laughs> Yeah, it's been really yeah. new. We said great. I like learned about Cassidy today, which yeah. is crazy. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's so yeah. great! You guys are yeah. like, oh, now we're now we're even closer. Um, exactly. <laughs> okay, so last two questions, but I have to say this one thing really quick because you made me think of something when you were talking about your creative processes. I once heard this interview with Elizabeth Gilbert. This was like way before podcasts were even a thing, but she was on like some NPR thing talking about her creative process and how she feels like she has a genius. She's not a genius, but she's like, I think we all have geniuses that kind of talk to us throughout the day. And she talked about this um, musician. I think it was, oh, I can't remember the name, the guy's name, but anyway, he was talking about his creative process of like, he will talk back to it and talk back to his muse and be like, all right, I'm driving right now. So this idea for a song, I can't write it down, but if you really want me to be the person that executes the song, come back to me in an hour. Like he talks back to it. And I just think that's so funny because it's almost like this weird universal thing that will come to you and if it will keep picking at you and kind of give you signs if it's supposed to be created. And I just think that's a really cool way to think about it. That yeah, is that. really cool. Yeah. I yeah. have to find that interview. Yeah. I think it was yeah. Tom Waits. Isn't that just from Big Magic? No. Well, I think she talks about that because I think it was Tom Waits is who she interviewed. Okay. Yeah. I think she talks about there's like a, a big whole part of that about that. Yeah. In Big she Magic probably wrote well. about she talks it. about like your genius is, yeah. you know, and then like how ideas are like living, breathing things that will yep. come to you. Maybe they'll flit away and then come back and you have to be like, no, no, no. And that it must have been Tom Waits and she's talking about how if he's like having a particularly hard time with a song in the studio he'll tell everyone else to leave and he'll sit down and be like okay song yeah yeah he talks <laughs> if back you want to be on this album the, the bus is about to leave yeah and if yeah. you're not on it we're gonna make this album without you yeah I love, I love that yeah. yeah yeah okay so last two questions what are you finding funny right now shows comedians whatever Anything goes. What are you finding funny? I saw John Early do his one man show. Um, so John Early, Kate Berlant, and I mean Fleabag is still so good. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I just, 
That one just yeah. ripped my heart out and like tore it's, it in a million pieces in the best way. Yeah, right. And like, I, I guess I don't even know. Yeah, one for comedy. So yeah. it's just I love I, that's like my bread and butter is something exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just finished Fleet Bag like yesterday. So I'm also like, I haven't even had a chance to talk to Mallory about it yet, but yeah, I'm obsessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is so funny. I'm also really excited for Big Mouth. Just released another season. I'm excited to watch that. I Ooh, think my husband's like pushing me. To, he's like, you got to watch this right now. Oh, it's so good. I'm a big like Nick Kroll fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, they, I think, are phenomenal. And I think what they're doing in the animated world, like, again, like the science of laughter, right? Like they can do different things it, because they're animated right. and get away with a little bit more. Right. Because it's, oh, it's not totally. Yep. You know, so, um, that's always fascinating to me as well. It's like a different medium, even though it's the same medium and like the risks they're taking in that medium. Um, like the episode where the birth control is the bachelor. I <laughs> yeah. <say> the <laughs> episode. That was so brilliant. <laughs> it was so brilliant. Like, how did they think of that? So, yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Um, can I just interject on that show? Yeah. Is initially, um, when I saw it and when my husband was watching it, I was like, this is kind of gross. And, but this is the weird thing. Like, the second I heard that Maya Rudolph was on it, I was like, oh, okay, I can watch this. Because oh. I was like, it was so weird. Because at first I was like, I don't know if I'm, I can't get this humor yet. Like, I know I trust my husband's taste. He has really good taste in comedy. <laughs> And like he was watching this, I'm like, if he loves this show a lot, I should love his show a lot. Like we have pretty similar tastes and I always trust his judgment. But I was like, oh, this 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 humor is just like, uh, am I kind of grossed out? Like, is it a little too raunchy? And the second I hear Maya Rudolph, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> so it's like this trust too in like a woman and then a smart woman. And then so I'm like, okay, I think I can do this, which is a, I thought was interesting for me to be like, okay, I needed someone that I trusted to be on this show. To make sure it's okay. Yeah. I also think they did a good job of like telling both the male and the female version of puberty. So yes. I was like, also a little bit like I don't want to just like hear about guys getting boners when they're twelve. Like exactly, I wanna, you know, but I think they do a good job of like sharing both versions <laughs> of it. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, final question, and it's a really easy question, but will you please do um, a snapshot of at, at some point of your outtakes to release to us because I want to see some outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um the season finale has some outtakes in the credits <laughs> so you'll see yay um, <laughs> fun fun moments but yeah we have a lot of bloopers um we often mess up so yeah yeah <laughs> we have lots of- <laughs> hours even no, hours. Okay. <laughs> i love that question thank you for asking oh yeah that. please do some outtakes oh and give props to the girl in your first episode who was like the landlord person that was in the elevator with you with her gum snapping and kicking over yeah. the turd yeah, yeah, she did great too. That's <laughs> our director for oh, season two. She's our, great. Our fellow writer, yeah, yeah. Simmons. Yeah, yeah we she will. Just, She'll love that. Yeah, she just won uh, an award for best supporting actress for that role. <laughs> oh yes, it was so yeah. great. Yeah, she's oh, like, oh, and her T-shirt. What did her T-shirt say? Mermaids? Or no, I said I only fuck with goddesses. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was like, I, I ordered a shirt that had a funny slogan on it and it wasn't coming in. And the night before I was like at UPS, like until midnight trying to get the package and it wasn't coming in. And then she just pulled that out of her closet on the day of shooting. I was oh like, my oh God. my gosh, stars align. Like that's funnier yeah. than I could have ever found online. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> that's Happy so after. great. Okay. So tell your listeners again where they can find the adulting web series and if you want them to find you on social. 
Oh, great. Okay, so you can watch season one of Adulting Web Series on Amazon Prime, and then you can watch season two at our website, adultingwebseries.com. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Adulting Web Series. And my personal Instagram is my full name at Cassidy Nash Davis, N-A-S-H Davis. And and mine's my full name at Mallory Fusella, <laughs> M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. She loves to spell it. F-U-C-C-E-L-L-A. Yes, she spelled it. Yes. I had a feeling there was like an inside joke. I'm like, uh-oh, she's she probably spells this a lot. <laughs> no, Mallory just like loves to spell the things when we're doing plugs because she's always worried people get lost. So she looked at me and I mouthed to her, spell it. Spell it. Do it. I know you want to. But if you if there's too much, just go to Adulting Web Series and we're both there. Yeah, we're both all and over. You know what? We'll just yeah. go and ahead. And of course, we'll include this. Yeah, in the show notes. As we'll, well we'll link it all. We'll just make it oh. real easy for the listeners to just click right over there. <laughs> oh, you guys rock. Music to Mallory's ears. Yeah. <laughs> also, as you were doing that, I was like typing in my browser. I was like M A L L. Okay, great. So it helped me. Yay, <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'll be in LA this weekend. See you guys then. And. <laughs> Yes. I'm just kidding. But like, I, I I really would love to to come out there soon and meet you guys in person. Joy booked a flight while we were recording. <laughs> while we were recording. <laughs> you guys are a dream. I want to hang out. I know. Yeah. Please come <laughs> hang out. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so fun. Thank so you so fun. much for being on our show, listeners. You Thank can go. You. Yeah, you can go to their website. Check out their awesome web series, and I can't wait to see what's next for you guys too. We'll have to check in with you again soon um, after after season two is all done. Wait, when are you releasing the rest of season two? Um, so we just have one more episode. Oh, one more. Okay. Comes out October 16th. October 16th. Okay. So I'll be posting about that. All right. Thank you listeners. You can find us at girlsgonewadpodcast.com, all the socials. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.